we're going to see an event today. You know, it, it hinges just on one phrase. Think about it. You know, one phrase can change the life of a person. Do you know that? Perhaps somebody has spoken one phrase to you. And it could have been something that built you up and made you feel very edified. Could have been something that knocked you down and made you feel pretty bad. Yeah, words are powerful, aren't they? Certainly are. In the words of Jesus, oh, come on. There's nothing more powerful than the words of Christ. So we're going to look at something today where the whole narrative, it's a beautiful deliverance for one man. But the one phrase that Jesus spoke, it speaks to us all. Yeah, it's timeless. Imagine that. Jesus can say something to one person, and yet what he says is timeless. That it's for all generations. Well, we're in a series on hope, and today we're going to wrap it up. We're going to see that there is, I like this, hope for the hopeless. There is, there is always hope for the hopeless. So, if this is you, if you feel somewhat hopeless, well, you picked a good day to listen, and hey, let's say it's not you. You don't feel any sense of hopelessness at all. You know what? You picked a good day to listen because you don't know what the future holds. Nope. None of us do. So life is about preparation. Life is about preparation for what's to come because we really don't know what's to come. So let's go back. It seemed like Jesus lived his life between heaven and hell. One moment, he's being transfigured in his glory speaking with Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. We see that in Matthew 17. And then shortly after, he's confronted with a demon. And Jesus extends his goodness to the one who claims a victory in their life and then to the one who is drowning in despair. Oh, he's not selective, is he? He's there for all seasons. And that's why this is so comforting for us to know that he meets people right where they are. You know, if more people understood that, I think more people would come into a relationship with him. I think there are people in the world today, they don't think Christ will meet them where they are. They think they have to move from where they are toward Christ. And that's the deception of the kingdom of darkness. And that's what keeps people away from God and away from salvation. But the message is, he accepts you where you are. Jesus is not too spiritual to wrestle with human ills. In other words, he's not so spiritual, he's not going to come into the lives of people that are struggling physically and help them. No, he's not. He's not, you know, the guy that says, I'll pray for you. 
No, he rolls up his sleeves and he gets right into the work. So we talked about, okay, what's this one phrase that's going to change the life of a person and it can change anybody's life today? And Jesus uttered it as he, as he was preparing to deliver a man from his ill. And you know what the phrase is? Bring him here to me. That's the phrase. Matthew chapter 17, verse 17. Bring him here to me. Now, why did Jesus say this? Because in verse 14 of Matthew 17, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him. He said, Oh Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Now, we don't use that word unitic, a lunatic, much today. Unitic. <laughs> lunatic. We don't use that word today. But the original Greek word, it means to be moonstruck. Today, when we think of the word moonstruck, it means to be something like in a romantic dream, you know, romantically dreamy. That's what it means to us today. But originally, it means to be influenced by the moon to the point of being mentally deranged or insane. You know, the moon has a gravitational pull, and it does have an effect on the earth. It makes the tides, right? You know, I don't know much about horticulture, but I know there's a certain time to prune trees. And I can't remember if it's a, a full moon or a little moon. But one of those times is the best time to prune a tree because the, the, what, the gravity holds the sap in. So the moon does have an effect, and maybe it has an effect on the liquids in the brain. I don't know. But anyway, this, this young boy, the son of the father, he was out of his mind. And yet one man said, the most Christ-like person in the world is the man who never finds his fellow man a nuisance. And Jesus is never bothered by the ills of people. Think about that. He's not that spiritual. That he can't come down to our level and meet us where we are. And what happens when religion, and it happens, oh yeah, is reduced to just prayer, it becomes mere escapism. When somebody says, oh, okay, I'll pray for you, but there's something they can do and they don't do it, they're just escaping the situation. Oh, can you give me a ride down the street? I'll pray for you. I ain't giving you a ride. <laughs> I'm escaping the situation. You see? But if you know that there's something you can do, when you do it, now you're being Christ-like. Okay? Even James said that, didn't he? If somebody comes to you in need, don't say, I'll pray for you. Try to help them out with the need. Give them what they need. So real Christianity is to rise from our knees before God and to meet people where they're at. That's real Christianity. Sometimes you got to stop praying and start doing. Okay? That's Christianity. God so loved the world that what? He went to work. He sent his only begotten son. He didn't just love us, and that was the end of it. Oh, I love you guys. Have a nice eternity. 
No, he sent his son. That whoever believes in him will never perish, but have, oh, everlasting life. So there's always an action to love. Okay? So in verse 16, the father said, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. Hmm. You know, it's one thing to have power conferred on you by God, but another to actually believe it and live in it. And I wonder, how many Christians today that name Jesus as their Savior, they really believe everything that they say they believe? You know what I mean? For instance, Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation to those in Christ, right? If you're a Christian, you are not condemned by God. And yet, how many of God's people live in their guilt? Even though the Bible says there's no condemnation, they live in self-condemnation. Romans 8.37 says, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. And yet, how many people still live feeling defeated? See, do you really believe in what you say you believe? We're filled and gifted with the Holy Spirit. Yet how many people still live in their natural, fleshly inclinations? They don't utilize their gifts. They don't utilize their talents. And they live for the flesh. And yet, God has indwelt them. God has filled them. God has gifted them. You have to ask yourself, do I really believe? Do I really believe what I say I believe? Because if I do, then I'm going to put it into action, right? Works follows faith. James said that. You good faith? Beautiful. Let me see your works. That's what he said. So all of these things, right? To, to live in freedom and not condemnation. To live in victory and not defeat to utilize my gifts and not be a spiritual couch potato. These are all choices. We can choose to either live in God or not live in God. But here we have a young boy. He has no choice of his own. He can't make a choice. You know why? Satan has possessed him through a demon. And he seeks to kill him even before Jesus gets there. He would throw him into the fire, throw him into the water. Luke even added that he was foaming at the mouth. He was under the control of a demonic spirit. But wait, aren't all of the unconverted under demonic control? What do you think? Do you think anybody that is not born of God is under demonic control? control. Hmm. Ephesians 2.1, Paul said, speaking to the Ephesians, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly, this is before salvation, you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So what is he telling them? Paul is saying to the Ephesians, listen, before you guys were saved, 
You walked according to the course of this world, and yet you were under the dominion of the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. In other words, demonically influenced. See, I think if you're void of the Holy Spirit, you're demonically influenced by a demon spirit, by an evil spirit. Because they look, oh yeah, they're looking for people. They certainly are. And the ones that are influenced by them, they're the first ones to deny it. They'll say, not me. Not me. I'm not demon influenced. But if they don't have Christ in their heart, they are. They are demonically influenced, whether they know it or not, whether they like it or not. That's the reality. And you can't tell them otherwise until they discover truth. So Jesus answered the Father, and he said, you unbelieving and perverted generation. He's probably talking to the whole crowd here. (laughs) How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? I'm kind of like, I don't know, Jesus is kind of a little upset here. I can't figure out too much about it, but he's not happy. And he said, here it is, the life-changing statement. Bring him here to me. Bring him here. The deliverance of one man, yet the invitation to all people. How many people are like this poor soul before their conversion? You know how many? All people. Everybody. But it's through the invitation, bring him here to me, that one can find release from the demonic influence that controls the unconverted. I hope you get the picture. Remember when Jesus addressed the Pharisees? Oh, religious people. Oh, yeah. When it comes to religion, they scored a 10. But you know what Jesus said about them? Your father's the devil. (laughs) Wow. You guys are in church all the time, but your father is the devil. Why? They were unconverted. You can be religious, unconverted, and that makes your father the devil. Wow. So just like we are like this son, he was helpless to help himself. He needed someone to bring him to Jesus. Isn't that our story as well? That we are helpless and hopeless in our unconverted condition. And for all of us that are saved, we're thankful that we were brought to Christ somehow, some way, that we were presented with the gospel, and we believed. We said, wow, God loves me that much, that he would send his son on my behalf and take my judgment so I wouldn't have to bear it, and he gives me eternal life and a home in heaven. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing that for me. And thank you for making a way that the gospel could be presented to me, maybe through a friend or a church service or something I heard, but God made a way. See, today, the devil reveals his demonic influence in a new way. I don't think it's as much as it was in the first century. It's not just through fits of rage or fire or water. He has a new tactic. You know what I call it? 
I call the new tactic of Satan a natural dignity. That's what I call it. A natural dignity. That many people that are demonically influenced have a natural dignity about them. How many people today are kind, generous, helpful, caring, and yet they're enemies of Christ? They are. Those that don't embrace the cross are enemies of Christ. Boom, that's it. They could be kind and loving. They could be our favorite people. But they are enemies of Christ. This is why we need the Word of God. It reveals it to us. And yet, they're content to be in this condition. Oh, there's a deception to be an enemy of Christ and be content. Yes, they have wonderful qualities. Helpful, generous, kind, caring. But they refuse to believe. They're lost in their sins. Demonically influenced and enemies of the cross. It's not a good place to be. Not at all. This is why the more the command goes out, bring him to me. Bring her to me. See, it's an invitation. Jesus is inviting people to come out of that darkness, that demonic holding tank, and come to him and be free. Bring the good one, he says. Bring the bad one. Bring them all. Bring the successful one. Bring the failure. Bring them all. Oh, bring the ones with a good marriage. Bring the ones with a bad marriage. Bring the ones with no marriage. Bring them all. It's a universal invitation. Bring the honest one. Bring the one who stole. Bring them all. Bring him to me who stands, lest he fall. See, when Jesus died, he atoned for the sins of every person that ever lived. So there's no reason why someone can't come to Christ. The invitation is open. The invitation goes out across the world. And why does Jesus Jesus invite us to come? Well, verse 18 of Matthew 17 says, And Jesus... Remember the kid now with the demonic spirit? And Jesus rebuked him. And the demon came out of him. And the boy was cured at once. That's why. Jesus had to deliver that boy from that demonic influence. And Jesus wants to deliver every unconverted person from the demonic influence that they're under but they have to come to him. And it says he was cured at once. I like that. It wasn't like, okay, take these two scriptures and call me in the morning. No, instant cure. And that's how it is when the unconverted come to Christ. Instant cure, instant salvation. You go from darkness to light in a moment. You become a new creation. The Holy Spirit, boom, jumps right in and indwells you. 
and it becomes your power source. That's what keeps away demonic influence. So you have so much going for you. Can you see it? So it's an instant cure. When someone gives their life to Christ through faith, they have an instant cure. Do you want that? Do you have that? Respond to the invitation. I said, bring them to me, and I'll take care of them. Oh, that everyone would be brought to Christ. And then, after they're brought to Christ, listen. Listen to the voice that says, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is speaking, by the way. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, I will come in and fellowship with him. The door is open, and behind it is divine love. It is love revealed on a cross, with hands and feet fastened to the wood. That's the love of God, who sent his Son into the world. Can you see it? And when Jesus hung on that cross, every nerve in his body was a road for pain to travel. And the sins of the world are weighted down on his soul. Oh, what he did for us. And that's why you are too valuable to be lost. God has spent his son for your salvation. He's done everything that he could to get you to respond. And that's why there is hope. We all begin without hope. I guess we call that hopeless. But with Christ, this is where we go from hopeless to hopeful. From having no hope to be full of hope. And that's what this whole series was about. What is hope? It's the fuel that we need to live life after we're saved. It's what keeps us going. Just like the fuel in your car. That'll keep your car going. Hope, which means certainty or expectation. When you live with an expectation, it keeps you going. And you have the expectation of heaven. So one little sermon Jesus gave, bring him to me. (laughs) That's it. A simple yet powerful sermon. Four words. Four life-changing words that anybody can be impacted by. Bring him to me. Bring him to me, and he will find life. See, the unconverted thinks they have life. But it depends on what you compare that life to. If you have nothing to compare it to, you might be satisfied with it. But if you have something greater to compare it to, you might realize, ooh, there's so much more. There's so much more to have. Jesus promised a super abounding life. And it's not a life that's full of toys and trinkets and parties all the time. Oh, no, God God thinks bigger than that. It's life that comes to the innermost being. 
It's life inside of you. Inside of you is a river of living water. And you're alive. You can have a lot of toys and trinkets and still be half dead. Because they don't do it. But with Christ on the inside. Oh! And you really come alive. So what are you comparing your life to? That's the question. Before my salvation, I thought I was living it up. Oh, this is great. This is fun. I love this. I'm free. I can do anything. But then after salvation, I'm like, wow. I was so glad I was delivered. (laughs) Delivered from my old way. From my old way of, oh, this is great. I can do anything. That was just dumb. Because now I got something to compare it to. It's like, oh, wow. This is much better. Much better. Life is better with God than without Him. And people without God, if they would only, I don't know, give it a shot. Give God an opportunity to work in their life. Things would change. Oh, they would change. And you know it. Because many of you that are listening, it's changed you. Oh, we're still in the process. We know that. That's called sanctification. We're in the process of changing. But you know what? Like the commercial says, you've come a long way, baby. you come a long way. You can look back over your life and say, yeah, I used to be like that. Now I'm like this. I used to do that. Now I do this. And you probably feel better about yourself. You probably have more meaning to life. You understand the value of life and, and the value that you hold. Because Christ died for you. Because he loves you and he wants you. He wants you with him in eternity. He spent it all to have you. That's an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing when we just stop and think about what God has done so he can have us. That's worth contemplating. Bring him to me. Bring her to me. That's the phrase. That's the phrase that can change anybody's life. And people need to be brought to Christ by someone else. Someone that's already been there. Hey, thanks for coming along. Don't forget about the Hope Club. Hey, you can go to the Hope Club podcast, get all these messages. We get over 500. Tell you what, great inventory of Bible lessons. And go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. Join the Hope Club. Help us to continue to produce radio shows and podcasts and get the word out worldwide. We want people to know Jesus is waiting for them. <laughs>